the governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Ben and Eric gather at their laptops. One's a gopher, one's a Hawkeye. All right, welcome to the uh, pod of Roseville. This is uh, Eric and Ben. We have a very special guest, Randy Johnson from the Minneapolis Star Tribune that covers the Gophers. Uh, thanks for joining, Randy. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How's it going, guys? We're, we're doing well. Appreciate it. Hey, so, great. so yeah, so today we just kind of wanted to, to have you join in, talk a little bit about the Gophers, the football team leading into the the, the upcoming 2022 season, kind of get a just overview of the Big Ten West and uh, what you think about the season. So, um, you know, coming off of last year, I think, you know, beating Wisconsin, leading into this season, I think there's expectations. we got Tanner Morgan for his, what, 12th season, I think, at this point, <laughs> as the Gophers starting quarterback. It I, seems I, that way. It sure I does. love the bit. Everybody uses a different number for how long Tanner Morgan's been there. I've seen 11, 8, everybody just picks a this crazy number. Fifth, it. It's his fifth starting <laughs> season, right, as the starting quarterback? Uh, yeah, it's basically it's a sixth season overall. Uh, he's going into his fifth as a starter. He wasn't the, his first year, actually, he was not. He did not win the starting job going into the season. He get, uh, he was aced out by um, Zach Anikstead, who is uh, he has transferred on to uh, Illinois State, I believe it is. Uh, so yeah, basically uh, four and a half years as a, as a starter. For, for I mean, th- this will be his best shot, right? So, uh, where, how do you see his season? Because I think the season kind of hinges on his performance. How do you see him playing this season? It's going to be interesting because he's he's back with his old offense coordinator in Kirk Chiraca, who uh, left for Penn State, was there for a year, uh, then ended up at West Virginia as an offensive analyst. Uh, he came uh, re- reunited with PJ Fleck and, and the crew this year, so this is this is the second time uh, he'll be uh, having Tanner as his, as his quarterback. Uh, you know, I think obviously they they click pretty good. Back in nineteen, uh, it helped having two NFL wide receivers on absolutely Tyler Johnson and uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I, I think uh, they're very they are, are very hopeful that uh, the the combination of, of Tanner and Kirk will um, basically have a lot more uh, passing game um, success this year. As opposed to last year, under, under um, or last couple of years under Mike Sanford Jr. So yeah, Randy. And then here's the question: I mean, when I looked at the Gophers in 2021, no team in the Big Ten passed it less. And when I watched the Gophers, it looked to me a lot of times like PJ Fleck didn't entirely trust Tanner Morgan. So even in like end of half situations, he'd run in situations where you'd really think, "Hey, we don't really have enough time to do a lot of running." Um, and I don't know if does that seem like the case to you when you watch them last year um i don't just, know if it was necessarily tanner it might have been a bit on the receivers too they were estimated okay. a bit with injuries uh chris Oppenbell got hurt uh their, their best receiver got hurt uh, during training camp a uh, high ankle sprain and that nagged him pretty much most of the year there are some other nicks and and things like that on other other guys so the the white cast what hadn't been fully developed yet um okay. i think a lot better situation this year out of, out of the wideouts. Um, I would expect that Tanner will be better this year too, and, and I, I'm sure they'll be trying to throw it more often than they than they did last year. Basically, um, only the service academies threw it fewer times than them. 
Right. Yeah, they were they were really stingy with passing it. So and a lot guess, of that too had to do with the fact that they had a pretty good offensive line and and, and oh, a lot yeah. of the jumbo packages. Well, yep. that's what I was going to mention. I mean, you lose a couple of guys on the offensive line, but you have a preseason All American at center, right? Yep. And you have a second no, team for second team preseason All American running back in Mo Ibrahim, like. I think obviously Tanner Morgan's going to need to be better, but they—that's still the the strength of their offense is the running game, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, you have Mo Ibrahim back uh, coming off an Achilles tear. That's you know we'll see how that works, but he's looked pretty good in, in practice. We haven't seen a whole lot of uh, only had four open practices that the, the media could uh, attend. Uh, Trey Potts back too after a season-ending injury. He, he should supply a, a good one-two punch with with Mo. Um, offensive line, yeah, you have John Michael Schmitz up front at center. You, you have you'll have four new starters, but they're not necessarily young. They, they've been in the program a while. It's kind of showing a little bit of the uh, maturation under PJ Fleck with what uh, you know, you're not having to rely as much on freshmen and sophomores right away. You're, you're letting your linemen develop a bit. So that yeah, that's interesting because I I looking at the Gophers and the biggest challenge based on my outsider perspective is both lines. So the offensive line, you know, that's eighty percent of returning starters are gone, and that was a real massive, real beefy offensive line last year that they're having to replace and guys that haven't worked together uh, as much as you know the returning starters did last year, which is I think probably goes to your point, Randy, that. They probably can't get away with running it quite as much as they did. They probably are going to have to at least have a little more balance and be a little little trickier maybe in relying on uh, Tanner Morgan in, in the passing game. Um, and on that front, I mean, are, it's, is the wide receiver room pretty much exactly identical to how it was in 2021? Has there been much uh, turnover? It, uh, not a whole lot of turnover. There's some. Um, I think it, it's more of what they're getting back from injury and uh, the development also of uh, – they're really high on uh, – Texas A&M transfer, uh, uh, Dalen Wright, who was with them last year, averaged over 20 yards a, a catch, but uh, didn't play as much. There was some injury issues. Okay. There a uh, death in the family that, that that cost him a little bit of time, too. It, it, it was just a matter of finding consistency. It seems like he's very much uh, dedicated himself to everything this year and uh, looked very good in training camp. Uh, a couple other guys that have uh, uh, Mike Brown Stevens has, has turned into a pretty good receiver. I, I, I just think they're look, you're looking at uh, just guys growing into into their um, into their development, I guess. How would I put it? Okay. Um, and on that front, so and I, I'm going to not remember his name. I apologize. I'm going to say like Co Craft, the the really great blocking tight end that Gophers Co- had last Co- year. Co Keefe, Co Center okay. Iowa. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Incredible. You know, basically made it in the NFL as a entirely as a run blocking tight end. I mean, he wasn't used a ton in the passing game last year. I mean, is that going to be good? Except when he scored a touchdown against Iowa. Yeah, that was I, a big I, touchdown against Iowa. Uh, yeah. That was a borderline play. I just want to remind everybody. Yeah. Did he knock the ball out before he reached the end zone? Kind of iffy. But uh, yeah. I think we. I, I, they rolled it in. That, that's yeah. what they ruled it. That's that's a, it was a score. It was a score. He scored. It, it was close. Fair enough. I'm I'm vetoed. Uh, two to one. Fair enough. It was, it was a touchdown. Um, yeah. No, that was one of his two. I think two touchdowns last year. But uh, I mean, is that going to be a detriment to the running game as well? When you just could rely on a tight end to just negate a linebacker or a safety or whomever and just completely evaporate them from a play? Is that they're going to Gooper's going to miss that? In oh yeah, yeah. Any team would miss that. I mean, he, you know, he's he's probably one of the better blocking tight ends I've seen in a while. Um, yeah, they they got a uh, pretty good sized guy. 
uh, trying to fill that co-keep role and and Nick Caller up, but no, I, it's going to take some time before he can match that. Uh, Cole really developed himself into into a player. Uh, you know, played uh, played small uh, small town football in Iowa and everything, and and you know even the Hawkeyes didn't didn't have him on on, on their radar. I mean, sure. he, he just got into the right situation and uh, just developed, and now he's with the Bucks and doing pretty well in training camp. So. so- just kind of shifting gears, I guess, um, you know, in terms of where you think the Gophers stand, I, I saw, I think it was maybe on the Star Trip, you had like sort of a tier where you got the Gophers, Wisconsin, and Iowa kind of in one tier in the West, maybe Purdue. Do you see that kind of shaking? I've seen a lot of love for Purdue, a lot of Purdue hype coming into this season. Um, and Wisconsin, they're always going to be tough. Is that really how you see it, I think, playing out? Yeah, I would say those four are the are the ones. I mean, I, I just don't. You know, there's a lot. There's been a lot of hype on Nebraska. Um, it's it's an off season. It's a bit better, but, but it, I, I think it's going to take a while to put in place there. Um, you know, I, it's. I would say that uh, if I would say it'll come down to the three of Wisconsin, Iowa, and the Gophers in, in some way, which which you did last year. Um, and Purdue yeah. was. To Purdue had a nice year. Uh, you got Scott Frost making those guys throw up. I don't, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure he wants them to get tougher. Um, you know, there, there's there's methods, I guess, to his madness, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest comments. I mean, either he's lying to sound like a tough guy, or I mean, he's just like wrecking these dudes. If it's 15 to 20 times of practice, that's actually true. That seems probably not the best sort of development practice, but um, still bizarre either way to me. Yeah. So just li- looking at the schedule, um, you know, it looks like the three non-conference games I think should be – we have Jer- Jerry Kill coming back, right, uh, New Mexico yeah, State. Yeah, and he, he is he's, – he hasn't given up – he isn't uh, um, – he's, he's making it known that uh, he doesn't like Jer- – uh, doesn't like P.J. Fleck. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the what the uh, temperature of, of that relationship is if there's a – handshake or anything or, uh, or if there's any more um, um, vitriol on, on Kill's party, it just seems like he hasn't been able to let go. So I, I can't believe Jerry Kill is still coaching. That guy, I mean, feels like just step away, man. It, you did a great job, but you got so much going on with your health. It, it shocked me that he's still coaching. Um, but yeah, I read that. He, he, I don't. I mean, I don't know why it's PJ Flex's fault how, how his relationship and Tracy Clay's relationship with the university deteriorated, but I, you know, I guess he blames PJ for that. I don't know. If that's the source of the tension, I I think it was when PJ came in. He said he had to change the culture. Sure, I think PJ meant he had to instill the role of the ball culture and all that. Um, I think Jerry Kill took that as a shot against his and, and Tracy Clay's players. What's interesting though is if you look at their record against like top twenty five teams, it's not all that dissimilar. I mean, you got PJ beating Wisconsin a couple of times, but he's never beaten Iowa. Like, are we, you know, are, are we in a much better position with Fleck than we than we were with Kill? I, I would say yes. Um, mainly, you look at 2019. They go 11 and two. They they beat uh, a top 10 Penn State team. Then they beat uh, a top 10 Auburn team in the bowl game and finished number 10 in the uh, final AP poll. You know, that's that's the best the Gophers had done. Uh, you know, you got to go back to the 60s. Yeah, it was. Look, I mean, the Gophers have only won at least nine games four times, and two of those were under PJ Fleck, which is pretty amazing. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they've been um, they've been in, in a position where uh, they could have won the Big Ten West this past season, and then in nineteen, if they if they would have flipped one one more Big Ten result, or this year if uh, Nebraska would have held on against Iowa on that Black Friday game. Yeah, they had a shot. They definitely did, and that's you. You can't say that for any of the predecessors. So I just, I personally just have a hard time accepting PJ Fleck. I, I don't know why it is. I think it's just sort of the general attitude. But I think last year was a big year for him, and you know we'll see if he can follow back up with another successful season. I just want him to beat Iowa. That's just my thing. I, well, yeah, that that's been the roadblock so far. You know, had they had they had they beaten Iowa nineteen or beaten them last year, that they would have went to the Big Ten title game. If everything, if everything else held, so it's it's their uh, it's the one that uh, it's the hump they need to get over. Um, they were pretty close to it last year, um, and you know pretty close to it in, in nineteen, which you know they had a terrible start in that game and came back came back, but just couldn't get you know, get over the hump there either. Yeah, I just talked about those games in an article recently, and boy, Iowa was lucky in both those games. The Gophers outscored I or out drove Iowa by over a hundred yards in each of those games. And last year, even won the turnover battle, but before just a couple of plays, Iowa just like eked out these victories despite getting outplayed for most of the game. Um, just pretty, pretty remarkable luck on the part of, of Iowa um, in this streak against the Gophers. It's pretty incredible. But I did want to talk. So, Flex definitely elevated the quality of play in the Twin Cities. Um, was the expectation basically a bowl game every year and then occasionally flirting with the Big Ten West title game or getting to the bit? Is that, I mean, I know we're about to lose the Big Ten title game, basically. It's going to be a lot drastically different, but is sure. that generally what the expectation is for the Gophers? I, I think the fan base is, has yeah, has upped that. Yeah. It, okay. You know, they, they got their first bowl under Fleck in, in 18, and then they had the big breakthrough in 19, and uh, people enjoyed that. They, they want to see more of that. And, uh, you know, 20 was a little bit of a step back with, with COVID and everything, they they go three and four. They lose a couple overtime games. You flip you flip one of those, and they're you know it doesn't look quite as bad. But um, yeah, they're, they're, the expectation ha- has grown. It, it's you know the, and you know to the university's credit, they they put a lot of uh, uh, resources into football. Uh, you know they have a, they have a great uh, practice facility and everything there at the Athletes Village. Um, decent stadium, very very good stadium, I'd say, and uh, for for the market, um, it's yeah that they, they have things going. Going well um, in that in that regard. So last year, I think was kind of the Bowling Green loss. Really, that that hurt bad. I think the Illinois loss is bad too. Do you see any of those kind of sneaky games? Because I think you know when you look at Iowa's program, that's one thing they they do so well is they don't lose those games that they're supposed to win. Yeah. You know, should we expect that to be out of the system, or, or do you think that may happen may sneak up on us again? Uh, I, I I don't see it in the non-conference. Um, you know, yeah, the Bowling Green, you know, the, the funny thing about that, it, it didn't hurt them, obviously, in the conference, but it, it was embarrassing. Um, you know, the Illinois one hurt a lot more in the conference play because they win that than they're in the Big Ten title game, or, or at least, you know, in in the in a tie with Iowa uh, for, yeah. the, for the West title. Um, yeah. So they basically, you know, I, I think they should be in the back of their head. Um that Bowling Green game is like okay, you you gotta approach the game the right way and um, just remember that anybody can beat you. Yeah, because you wouldn't have seen that loss coming. I mean, I think the Gophers were something like thirty point favorites or something ridiculous, where you just yeah. thought this is one the Gophers have been going away. And the Gophers' non conference schedule this year looks really they really look set up to go three and zero. I mean, New Mexico State was two and ten last year. Uh, Western Illinois just 
was a sort of middling Missouri Valley team, and then Colorado is one of the few Power Five schools that have a worse offense than Iowa. Um, so no. we really thank the Gophers. And the Gophers go shut them out last year too. So yeah, yeah they did. Really they did. It, it, it was kind of it was one that if, if there's a thirty nothing game that's uh, might have been a little bit closer in the score in this case, it might have been that one. They're, they had a couple of things go their way, but still, you know, a very nice. A very nice win out there, uh, you know. Colorado, uh, they're they're rebuilding still. I, I think it's it's going to be another one of those type of years. They have a new offensive coordinator, uh, and um, coincidentally, it's uh, Mike Sanford Jr., the the Gophers' offensive coordinator from the last two years. So, um, oh, funny. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, uh, him and the uh, the tight ends coach Clay Patterson, who is now their uh, passing game coordinator at Colorado. So there'll be a little bit of reunion there. Um, we'll see how that goes. So one of the things that seems to be in the Gophers' favor coming into the state, comparing them to Iowa especially, is their schedule just doesn't look quite as daunting as Iowa's. I, I, you know, don't have Ohio State, don't have Michigan on the schedule. Uh, definitely a trip to Michigan State's pretty pretty rough, and Penn State on the schedule. But it looks like, you know, you take care of business for the most part against the Big Ten West, and you got some Big Ten East teams that are winnable. You know, Rutgers, they're really set up where you know they could go nine and three and ten and two and claim a Big Ten West title. I mean, is that I – mean, I, well, I suppose that's what the goal of people in the program is. Does that seem plausible? Does that seem likely? What do you it, think? It's Randy? plausible. You know, the, the thing is, it, it, history kind of shows us that, yeah, every once in a while, maybe a three-loss team will sneak in there uh, and win, win the West, but it's usually going to have to be two or fewer. Um, okay. you know, they would need to, I think, at least split in against the, the road trips against um, the East teams and uh, – in uh, Michigan State and Penn State, uh, if you get it to there, um, you know you're, you're you're set up decently if you can split it. Obviously, if you win both, you're set up very well. Um, the key, I think, for them is if they need to figure out how to beat both Iowa and Wisconsin the same year. If they can do that, that then that that sets them up very well to win. Sure, it's the tiebreakers. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 but it's you know that is much easier said than done and. They haven't uh, they haven't done that yet under Fleck. Yeah, I was just gonna say, you know, kind of last last thing for me. So if Tanner Morgan doesn't rebound, if he has kind of a similar season as last year, is there someone? I mean, because I was constantly saying last year, like there's got to be somebody that can complete more than you know eight passes or ten passes a game on the roster. Is there someone that might might jump in that we could have fill in for Tanner Morgan if he struggles again this season? Um. I, I would say that right now the, the backup battle is between uh, uh, a retro freshman, Ethan Kaliak um, Madison. I'm trying to pronounce his name correctly. And then Cole Kramer, who's a, uh, I think he's a fourth year junior now. Um, Cole's been uh, their kind of their, uh, their Wildcat quarterback last year, um, where Ethan has a, has a nice arm, some good mobility. I, I, I would think he is their starting quarterback in the future. And if, if it comes up this year, if it's a long-term thing this year, I would say he'd probably have, have the uh, best chance. If it's a shorter term thing, maybe Cole's in there be, just because he's uh, run the offense a little bit more often. So one thing we haven't covered much is the gopher defense coming into 2022. And so much of the gophers recipe last year was, you know, run the ball like hell and play really tough defense. I mean, really probably the second best defense in the big 10 behind Wisconsin, but losing a lot of production on the defensive line. I mean, is there, uh, you think they're going to be able to replace that, um, that production 
was he had a couple of guys taken in the fifth or the first five rounds of the NFL draft and a couple of the tackles that signed for uh, you know undrafted free agents. I mean, is there what are the odds that the Gophers can replicate that really really tough defense they had last year? Uh, I think it's be tough. It's it's gonna you know that there were were a lot of personnel losses uh, and good good players. Uh, their strength didn't mean their secondary. So if they can, I think it's gonna be a situation they're gonna have to be stout in in the, in the secondary and the linebacker while the defensive line rotation shapes its uh, you know shapes up during the season. I think it's the the line's gonna have to be one that develops. There's there's uh, you know, they, they want to run eight, eight to 10 guys in there. And, um, you know, not all of them have much, uh, have a lot of experience. So they'll need them to, to get up to speed quickly. It, it's, it, I think it'll be a situation where they're better later in the year than they are now. But that's a good spot to be. And again, the softer schedule on the front end really helps. I mean, the first test is yep. that I think that fourth game where you go to East Lansing, that's where it gets really tough. But you got three games where you, you, they should be able to get some good reps against lesser competition yep. uh, assuming jerry kill doesn't just have new mexico state just totally amped up and ready to ruin the gopher season from week one i you know you you, know, you uh, never can tell but i i don't think they have the talents i mean i think they're they were bad yeah two and ten last year that's yeah that's it, it's, there's i mean he probably got some i know he's got some transfers in there he's probably beefed up the, the skill a bit uh sure they're better but I, I, it'll be interesting. They, they play this weekend. Um, they have a uh, Nevada, so a little bit more about them after Saturday. Yeah, I guess last thing is Floyd coming to Minneapolis and staying here, or, or, or finally is Floyd coming home? No, I think we need to ask this question a different way, Eric. So on November nineteenth, when Iowa visits Minnesota, uh, how badly do the Gophers lose? Is the actual way to frame that question? I, you know. I don't know yet. I, I know that Iowa, uh, they're obviously more experienced in the interior. Um, you know, I, I don't know if anybody is um, overly impressed with their quarterback play, but then again, you know, not the Gophers didn't have uh, overly impressed quarterback play last year. I, I do think one of these years it, it will end. It's I think this is this is the year that they need to. Needed to happen. Not quite a prediction, but I'll I'll take uh, it. I'll take it. I, it, I mean, it's going to be a close one. I I don't know. I, it's just I they mean, usually I was, you know they have been close. No, it's even in seventeen, his, his first year, uh, Fleck took him down there and probably could have won that game and with a couple things would have went a little bit better for him. Yeah, I mean, and and the problem is uh, Iowa's defense is too good for most teams to blow them out, and their offense is too bad for them to blow anybody else out. So it's just going to be a lot of those close gut check games for Iowa, I think, all yep. year long. And the Gophers are one of them. So we'll see. It'll come down to one of those two weird little fluky plays, and we'll see. That's Yeah, that's my quick summary of what I think is going to happen on that day. What do you think, Eric? Oh, it's going to be a blowout. Uh, Gophers are going to crush them. Well, how bad? Good. Four touchdowns. 55 nothing. 50, 55 oh, wow. Nothing. Returning of the Metronome, the Metrodome finale, 2008. <laughs> No, it'll probably be a close game. I, yeah, I can't. I mean, unless there's injuries, you never know. But, but like Randy said, the quarterback playing Iowa was, was pretty gross last year. So we'll see. Well, yeah, I mean, I, to me, Tanner Morgan and, and uh, Spencer Petras are, are pretty comparable. Uh, I, I don't think either one's exciting. Uh, at least Tanner Morgan got to play with a running game that was competent. Iowa didn't have that last year, so it was just bad all the way around. Um, 
So I, we'll see. But if they have to lean on Tanner Morgan more, we'll see. I guess I, I don't have a ton of confidence in that, but maybe the Gophers fans feel a little differently about it. I, I should share uh, an old anecdote, uh, a little bit older than you guys. I go back to uh, worked at the Minnesota Daily, covered Gophers. This is back in 1990, and um, end of, game at the end of the year at the in the dome. I would I would had already uh, clinched the Big Ten title. Um, the the Gophers ended up beating them that game uh, to win Floyd. But a funny thing was uh, it was a tight game for a good chunk of it. Just after halftime, the Gophers are pinned back in a shadow of their own end zone. And this is back in the days where where a quarterback could go to the ref and ask for timeout when the crowd was too loud and wouldn't, wouldn't get charged. Oh, really? Held out. Well, the, the Iowa crowd got so loud that the Gophers quarterback at the time, Mark L. Fleetwood, had to ask the ref for a timeout. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's weird things have happened in Minneapolis when these two teams meet. We have, we have, we have the, uh, the, the, um, uh, a goalpost incident. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 2002. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 20, 20 year anniversary actually yeah. that coming up. Um, I guess this, this fall. Um, I know we're winding down, but I did want to. So, got so we got USC and UCLA coming into the Big Ten, which is really weird. I mean, I get it; it's about money, but it's weird. What all, all I care about is, is: do we know how the Big Ten is going to handle the divisions? Are they going pods? Are they going to do West East still? Is it just going to be a big mess of sixteen teams? Do we have any scuttlebutt on that, Randy? Have you heard any anything? You know, I, I've heard the pod idea. Um, you know, like say they get to uh, they get to twenty. Uh, you know, you have five different pods, and you move them around. You know, move, move around the non-conference opponents to try to get so you would at least play <laughs> each of these teams um, once every four years. Uh, right. I, I I'd be surprised if it's East West. It's right. gonna you know, if if they go pods, it's it's if they go, it's gonna be tough geographically. Because you'd have you might have ones too too stacked, and I think you know there's been a lot of clamor as it is to to somehow break up the east and west to where the east doesn't have have you know as many of, of the of the tougher teams on paper at least. Sure, uh, I need hope that it, uh, well yeah. I mean I guess my worry is you know I, I, I accept Iowa's lot as a team that's rarely going to win a Big Ten title, and it's going to get harder if there's a uh, more teams to compete with, but. I want. I just want Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Nebraska on the schedule every year. I'm going to be really bummed yeah. out if Iowa doesn't get to play those three teams every year. Everything else, I don't care about. We can get Northwestern off the schedule, get them off. But I, I want those other those three teams. If it shakes out that Iowa doesn't get that, that'll be a a big bummer from my perspective. I don't know if you feel the same way, Eric. I know you despise Wisconsin, but don't you want them on the schedule every year? Yeah, I think the rivalry games have to stay. If if they don't, that really does diminish. I think the whole Big Ten product if if we're just playing usc like i don't care about minnesota usc that's not a game that matters to me but minnesota iowa minnesota wisconsin those matter and i think that not to speak for the fan base i think they would agree yeah it, it, the way i look at it uh you got you know you got to save the the, the axe rivalry you got to make sure you have the, the the pig rivalry going too every year with gophers in iowa um you know they don't they don't play michigan as often for the little brown jug i think people have gotten used to that uh the one I'd like to see them keep too is Nebraska. They've, it's kind of they've kind of developed a good little little bit of hatred between those teams at times. 
So it's 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 uh, gotten kind of interesting. Huh? Oh, between Minnesota and Nebraska, there's some, some yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of uh, frost flex stuff going on. Oh, I love it. Well, see, I mean, I I am a the team I most irrationally hate is the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So I'm I'm all for other people joining the hate Nebraska club. So I really hope the the Gophers join. I mean, the Gophers have dominated. I mean, when was the last time Nebraska beat the the Gophers? Uh, Eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So nice little three year streak going for the Gophers. That's awesome. Um, can we get a? Can you do a record prediction, Randy, for the Gophers? What do you think? You know, I'm I'm thinking nine and three. Okay. Uh, you know, maybe maybe ten and two if things go really well. If they don't go well, then you know, a little bit down range at eight and four. But I I think it's gonna be kind of a kind of a similar year year, year to last year. Um, you know, if they can get it to two losses, they have an excellent chance to win the West. If it's three, they're probably might be in a a second place tie again, or somehow maybe they squeak it out. But uh, I, I would really think to, to get to 10, uh, uh, to 10 and two, I think they would need to somehow either sweep the Michigan state Penn state trip or sweep Wisconsin and Iowa. Um, that they can do either of those. They're set up pretty well. Interesting. So you're not so worried about the, uh, Turnover on both the lines. It's interesting because I look. Oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I, I wouldn't say worried. I, I mean, I'm not, you know, I think it's, it's going to be a factor. Uh, okay. I, I think they're, I think he's getting the program better to where it's not, um, yeah, you're, you're not necessarily having a lot of experience in there, but you do have uh, bigger guys in there than you, you would have and more physically developed than you would have uh, a few years back. Got it. So you don't see it as like a full-on rebuild. Like, yeah, they might be a little bit worse off on both sides, but they're at a point where they're they're. It's not quite reloading, but they're also it's not yeah. a complete rebuild. It's it, kind, it, of like, kind of a tweener. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Interesting. All right. Boy, if Fleck sweeps the Iowa Wisconsin, I think he gets a statue down there uh, in Minneapolis if he can do that. He'll have a job for life. He's already done better against Wisconsin than uh, anybody has in Minnesota for a long time. I mean, look at this. Yeah, like, they're, they're, you know, really, uh, they, they lost in overtime in 2020. You flip that one. I mean, that was that was kind of a coin flip game, as it were. They would have been 3-1 and one in their past four against them. Yeah, you know, and, and plus 2-3 two two and three overall, which doesn't sound yeah. great, but but Minnesota was 2-20 and 20 in the 22 years before that. So two and yeah. three is actually really quite good. Forty uh, percent winning percentage is way better yeah. than whatever two uh, two out of twenty two is. Well, Randy, thank you so much for joining. We really appreciate it. So uh, startribune.com or or get the paper, follow uh, yeah. your writing. Any, anything else? Any other plugs you you have? No, no, it's uh, that that should take care of it. Yeah, startribune.com slash gophers is where where all our gopher stuff is. Um, yeah, it's uh, looking forward to the season. It uh, should be fun. So. Ten days away. And oh, you're quick too. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks again, and uh, you know, maybe we'll talk to you again before the uh, Floyd or Rosedale battle. Who knows? Sounds good. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank thanks, you. Thanks, Randy. Appreciate your time.